This is the black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is the black boy, don't you know remember that don't want you grow? This is the black boy, what you gonna do when you time to get old? This is the black boy, this is a story that ain't never told. This is the black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is the black boy, don't you know remember that don't want you grow? This is the black boy, what you gonna do? Hello, my name is Keith Jones. I'm a disability rights activist uh, across multiple topics, uh, basically anything that affects life. I am also a co-founding member of Crip Hop Nation, as well as my political views being seen now as populist and progressive. I am what they call a true progressive. Okay, Onis, can you go next? Um, yes. My name is Oni Smith. I'm a 28-year-old entrepreneur. I'm also a graphic design artist, founder of Otito Graphics, and I speak politics through my so art. Huh? What'd you say? You can still go. Oh, well, I speak through politics, mostly black politics, using my art using my comic books and using my poetry. I'm recently getting into this political world with um, black disabled activism and trying to merge it with my pan-African understanding. Okay. Awesome. Okay, great. So I'm Leroy Moore. I live in the Bay Area. Um, I've been black all my life, um, been disabled all my life, and I consider myself an independent, more on the radical side than progressive. So that's me, and um, you know, so this this conversation is going to really talk about you know the the um, candidates, especially in, uh, on the Democratic side. As running for um, president in 2020, and really getting the, the black disabled um, voice of what needs to happen and what's happening now. So we're 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 gonna um, go on to express um, our our political views. Um, you know, from Obama to Donald Trump. And so let's 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 talk about Obama, then Donald Trump, then we then we can get into the um, Democratic um, candidates. So let, let's start with um, Keith Jones. You know, um, talk about you know what what was your. Um, you know, um, experience under um, Obama. What did you think about Obama's run and Obama's um, eight years? And what do you think about Donald Trump as a black disabled man? Well, thank you for the question. I'm trying not to laugh, so Otis, if I break out in hysterical laughter, please forgive me. Um, but I'm trying not to laugh because there, there, there systemically in terms of policy and implementation was no significant change from a Bush era from a Bush era presidency to an Obama era presidency, even to a Donald Trump presidency. The policy underlining disability in the black existence has not changed in my lifetime, and I'm pushing fifty in September. Mm -hmm. um, so the perception under Obama was. Yes, hope and change, hope and change, except being in Massachusetts, uh, we had already, we, we had got the primer uh, with Deval Patrick. So we knew what we had already had in Massachusetts via Deval Patrick. And then when it came to um, Barack, it was the same thing. Um, then people got to, then the nation got to experience it. But, you know, just looking back on the presidency in terms of legitimate, tangible, systemic long-term outcomes and policies, 
there's not been a radical change. There's been a progressive change, at least in my lifetime, outside of the things that we go to, that we go to war for every day, for housing, mm-hmm. inclusive education, and healthcare. Okay. Um, thank you, Keith. Let's go to um, oh, the same question. You know, what did you think about Obama eight years and Donald Trump first, um, well, it's been two years. It feels like it's been 20 years. But anyway, yeah, Otis. I don't think they'll, well, like he said, there's no difference. There's never been any difference. Because I believe we never had presidents. We've just been subjects under other people's leadership. We never had presidents to speak on our behalf and for our interests, Obama included, especially if you look at his policies. A lot of his policies was anti-Black, like the, um, the Blue Lives Matter bill. You show me the Blue Lives Matter bill, and then you look at AFRICOM, all he did was he expanded colonialization that um, the Bush administration started, and he just continued it throughout Africa. So he's no different than any, than any other white president was. He's just, he's white supremacy in a black face, if, if for lack of a better term. He's just white supremacy in a black face. That's why he stood against reparations he stood against reparation. Meanwhile, he's signing a bill to give Israel, what, $38 billion, I believe, over a span of a 10-year period? So why are you giving Israel $38 billion when we had no direct involvement in the Holocaust, but yet you speak against Black political interests? Talk about it might be divisive. The inhumane treatment that Israel is causing is divisive for you to support it. But that's just me. He he just uh he just a uh, um a white president in a black face. And all he did for me, he just confirmed that fact that my people, unfortunately, we have no issues with white supremacy as long as in black face. And that's why it makes me mad to see when black history come and I see pictures with Obama standing next to Malcolm X. I see pictures with Obama standing next to Martin Luther King. And regardless about how you feel about either of them, if you really study their teachings and you really study what they was talking about, both of them were stood against what Obama was doing and did. Neither one of them were supported Obama, especially if you listen to Dr. King's um, war against Vietnam. He literally stood against he literally stood against American globalization, which is why some people believe he got killed. Not because he had a dream, but because he caught out America's biggest moneymaker, and America's biggest moneymaker is causing wars. And that's why our annual um, budget for the military is 50, what, 500 and something billion dollars? Like, that's crazy. So he was just an extinction of colonialization. Not only did he ignore us, but he, he suppressed his own brothers and sisters throughout the continent. So Obama, he just making me sick. And seeing my people celebrate him, it just confirms the fact that we okay with white supremacy. And that, I don't know what makes me more sick, him or my people celebrating him. But I don't like him, can't stand him. I prefer Trump, cause I don't like Trump, but at least Trump honest, you feel me? At least he's honest with his stuff. Like, I don't like you. Feel me? I don't like you neither. You feel me? We keep it going. Obama smiling in your face and stab you in the back. So that's how I feel about that. Wow, thank you. Thank you, you too. You know, um, for me, it's it's almost the same thing. Um Obama, you know, gave us hope and you mm-hmm. know, hope you, you can't go to the bank with hope. I can't pay my rent with hope. Um, you know, I, I agree with what, what Otis said, you know, about everything about, you know, African and all that stuff. I totally agree. And, and I also know that Obama only gave people on his society a $2 raise. Mm. A $2 raise. So, you know, yeah, I, I really think that, um, that Obama didn't, didn't really do much for the black community. You know, he did. A lot of things for the queer and you know transgender community, which is great. I'm not saying that black people are not trans and queer, but when it came to the black community, 
he really didn't do nothing. Especially um, when police brutality was, you know, really rampant. You know, of course it's still rampant now. But like like Otis said, you know, he signed the Blue Lives Matter bill. So yeah, I really don't, you know, I think it was easier to to swallow Obama's politics because we got so relaxed, you know, for the Democrat and we had, you know, years of, you know, Bush and, you know, of course we had Clinton, but yeah, I really don't think that Obama really did much, especially for black disabled people. You know, I you know, black disabled people still got killed by the police. You know, we still had what, only a two dollar raise mm-hmm. on that society, you know, black disabled people still have the highest unemployment rate, you know, we're still in uh you know, prison uh, the school to prison pipeline, you know. Obama never talked about black disabled people at all. So that's that's my thing. A lot of black scholars and black, you know, people that are on YouTube having these, you know, political debates, they don't even talk about black disabled people. So yeah. And of course, you know, Donald Trump is this, you know, a racist bigot that they think I in the White House. So I can't I can't even see, I can't even discuss what Obama's done for <laughs> black disabled people. You know, matter of fact, his you know, State of the Union last night, he brought up disabled people. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, he said that disabled people, you know, are in the workforce and it's the lowest unemployment in history. It's like, wow. Oh, hey, listen, if you, if, if I say I've been dying of thirst for a hundred years and you give me a thimble full of water, you can say that you quench my thirst. So the whole that whole, you know, I, I was just, I'm just laughing, I'm chuckling because as, as you as we talk about it and as you put it out there as old as you framed it, the question that people you know, the question that people don't ask in terms of Donald Trump, in terms of the candidates, Kamala, Cory Cory Booker or you know, you got Amy Klobuchar thinking about you know, all of these people. They talk about democracy. People are claiming democracy, which is ironic in this country. But oh. they're claiming democracy, but they're running in a system that is antithetical to democracy. Like they love like I love AOC. She dope. You know what I mean? She was in Beantown represent. But she had she's in order for her politics to be effective, she still had to run inside the same system that is just as corrupt. That gave us a Donald Trump. That gave us the hope and change. And people forget that Obama, before he became before he got the nomination, there was a huge controversy between him and Hillary Clinton about the delegates. Mm-hmm. And prior to you know what I mean? So when I look back at what we're talking about in terms of the future candidates, in terms of all of these people, I, I don't have, there, there's, it's not about, are you, can you run, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are really talking about the reason I'm running is because I want to restore democracy. First mm-hmm. of all, you need to take your head out of your butt. We've never really had a democracy, right? Like we never really had, guaranteed ballot access. We never really mm-hmm. had a full complement of abilities to exercise our capacity to vote. So when Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren, all of these people, Joaquin Castro, or Juan Castro, I get them mixed up, all these people coming out, but you're still running in the closed primary system that, that deprives people, unless they're rooting for your team, the ability to pick a candidate. So I don't want to hear anything about what you're going to do for America if you are absolutely dead set on running on the po- running in the poisonous system that has kept us trapped. Mm-hmm. I want to build on, I want to, if you don't mind, I would like to build on what Keith said. Now, this is my first time doing this, y'all, so y'all got to be patient with me. But before I came on here, I was doing a little bit more research and I stumbled upon um, Malcolm X interview at Berkeley. 
and he was quoting um, Dr. King's right-hand man, um, White Walker, about how he felt about the civil rights movement. And White Walker said, now this is Dr. King's right-hand man, right? He said, we have been duped, or at least duped ourselves into believing the chains has been broken when really we've been chained more securely. Have freedom in many instances has been worse than no freedom at all. That's Dr. King's right-hand man who's saying sometimes, sometimes when they give you a little, they take a whole lot more. And you falling for that little will get you robbed even quicker versus you saying, you know what, I'm going to fall back. Maybe this is a trap. Because even Dr. John Henry Clark, he said, we was we had more political and had more social awareness 10 years before the emancipation and after emancipation after the emancipation happened we thought we was free and so after the emancipation happened we started breaking up we started migrating to the north we started losing i don't want to say losing our infrastructure but we started losing our family unit when we was all together and we had social awareness it's them versus us we had awareness that we are not citizens Feel me? He also said you have to know the difference between being a citizen and being a subject. And Dr. Claude Anson points that out. If you look at the Constitution of America, when they refer to we the people, they are exclusively referring to white people. When they are referring to properties, property or um those who who are trodden over, those who have been subjects, they are referring to us. So they wrote the Constitution to refer to two different people. One group was supposed to be citizens, and the other group was supposed to be subjects. And right now, I think that's one of the most damaging things Obama has done. He deepened our political confusion. He deepened our political confusion to thinking we all share a common interest. No, what's good for your community might be detrimental for my community. Because as we said, Obama helped every other community, which benefited everybody else but our own. Why? Because we think we're all this big melting pot. That's the lie they told me at school. America is one big melting pot, and we all want kumbaya. But then you go look at the cities, you see, you see separation. You see blacks over here, and you see whites over there. Nine times out of ten, whites got most of the resources, and blacks barely got anything. And then they wonder why the crime rate's so high. So they throw the police department in it. You feel me? Like so, they tell you one thing, but they do another. And because because we've been sold this dream, we've been sold this lie, we act all confused, like, why is this happening? Why, when we look back 60 years later, have we made absolutely no progress? Because you never made any progress. You just fell for the illusion. Mm. Mm. Totally agree. Totally agree. Thank you, Otis. Thank you, Otis. And, you know, Bert, you know, um, you know we're, we're going to get on to the Democratic, you know, especially the 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 front runner, but um, you know, like I think I think all of us have the same the same political viewers. Like you know, the two parties are just one yeah. party mixed into one one ball. You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah. Well, Leroy, you know, you saw it up close and personal when we were there. Yeah, the DNC, and and. I, I chuckle now because when you talk about the candidates now, like I have the people who are in the Democratic upper echelon now were the same people a decade ago. Nah, bruh, we can't have too many Negroes running. Mm-hmm. We have too many Negroes running, then you go, then it's going to, like all of that stuff going on right now in Virginia with the Democratic National, with the Democratic Party in Virginia. The only reason they got apoplectic was because they was like, oh, all of this stuff done hit the hit the fan right before we gonna have a black woman to deliver our response <laughs> into the State of the Union. They weren't concerned about, they're not concerned about whether or not there's um, racial, you know, uh, racial consciousness in the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party, as well as the Republican Party, do not prey on strengths, they prey on weaknesses. They, mm-hmm. do not, they do not mobilize the community. And so it's funny that when you talk about the front runner Kamala, Kamala Harrison, like 
how did she get that status? Because she literally just announced. How do, when you start listening to the narrative, they tell you who is viable. Yeah. And in the democracy, you're not supposed to be told who is viable. It's a contest of ideas. And if your ideas are trash, then you don't get elected. <laughs> if you, you know what I mean? But that's, but see, that's democracy. That's not what we have. See, what we have is we have the electoral college and shut the fuck up candidates. <laughs> like, that's what we have. Like, say what we want you to say, but don't say nothing else and shut the fuck up. I think, um, you know, especially I think all three of us are, are in California. And, you know, I, I go back until 91 when I moved here. I saw Kalama Harris, you know, make her her move. And, and you know, her, her her record, you know, speaks for herself. I don't care if she's, you know, from India or Puerto Rico or whatever. Her record speaks for herself. And, you know, me being, I didn't stay up. Me being an activist against police brutality, against wrongful incarceration, and I saw Kamala Harris just put black people in jail constantly. Mm. You know, while she was in the Bay and Sacramento, you know, DA and being the being you know the top cop of uh, of California. I just don't, you know, I'm just seeing her record, you know, because, you know, be, be for real, politicians can say anything on, on, the, on the campaign race, which doesn't mean nothing, but the record means mm -hmm. everything. And yeah. her record is terrible when it comes to black people, black disabled people that she locked up. Black single mothers, she locked up. So yeah, I, I guess the question one of the one of the things that's interesting about the Democratic field this year is that the Democratic Party got a hell of juice mm. at the diverse candidates. But mm. again, with the Cory Booker, with the Kamala Harris, with the potential Sherrod Brown, with the potential Joe Biden, all of you all, all of them all instantly funnel into the thing, the very thing that is choking our community. Yes, Kamala Harris and yes, Cory Booker, here's the question I'm gonna ask you. What is your signature legislative accomplishment being in the Senate? And if your signature legislative accomplishment in the, in the, in the Senate is signing on to legislation, because remember, they've been out of power since 2010. Mitch McConnell has run it has run their chamber for the last eight, six to eight years. So Chuck Schumer has been the minority leader. Hmm. And unless you have significant legislation coming out in the last six years, what is this significant coming out of the Senate? Nothing. Like they have, like, like we still, we spent $15 trillion on war. Just war. Yet and still, my all my veterans are either homeless mm -hmm. or struggling or struggling to get benefits or struggling to get health care or caught up in red tape. If you get a bullet in your ass for this country, you should never, ever, 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 ever have to worry about a roof, worry mm -hmm. about food, worry about utilities, worry about anything. Because there's no such thing as, oh man, you did. Well, here's a new life. Let me send you back to America. Death is permanent. And if you're going to have these people who are running, nobody's, when you talked about Israel earlier, Otis, nobody's talking about the fact that when we were growing up, Leroy, remember the big thing was Kennedy Carter and the Palestinians and Israel were working on a two-state solution. Yeah. They still doing it, too. And they, and they still doing it, but if you talk about... But if you talk about Mitch McConnell and your boy Chuck Schumer, just last week they brought to the Senate floor an anti-BDS bill, which then prohibits people from using their First, first Amendment rights. And then, so where are the Democratic candidates on 
financially supporting Israel who's violating Palestinian mm. human rights. Yeah. Where are you at in terms of the Haitian people still still being devastated from the earthquake that was a decade ago? Where are you at on deforestation? Where are you at on blood diamonds? Where are you at on Boko Haram? Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think, I just want to say this one thing y'all cut out. I think it should go on record that Bernie Sanders is one of those supporters. He, he don't consistently sign bills to finance Israel and send troops to protect them. So while we running around here, Thinking he's a quote-unquote progressive revolutionary, and I don't think you should put those two words together. Anyways, I'll explain mm -hmm. why later. Mm -hmm. So while we running around here, call him a socialist. He's supporting the very system you think he's fighting. Which okay. so why I think we need to be cautious just because someone say some cool words like "oh revolution." No, player, yeah. we fighting for two different things. I think. Yeah, we is. That's why. That's why I try to tell people. It's not about the personality, it's about the policy. No, I exactly. like, like I, I'd be cool with you all day. I'll smoke a blunt with you, get you high as hell. So mm -hmm. as soon as you read my policy and you walk out the door talking about, I got locked up because I smell like weed, but I was mm -hmm. with him. Oh, you didn't read the policy. The policy said if I smoke with you, I don't get arrested. You smoke with me, your ass going to jail. See, I'm cool though, because I got you high. That's how mm -hmm. America is with politics and policies. How Donald Trump got elected because our candidates are not about what are they gonna do for Otis? Otis is it, are you gonna be able to access small business lines of credit in order to grow your business, in order for you to hire extra work? Are you right? Are you gonna be able to access a line of credit in order to get a functional durable medical equipment in order to grow your business so that you can pay market rate rent or buy a house? None of that shit is being talked about. What is talked about, but you know, Jesse love the kids. We love the kids, right? We love the kids. But if you love the kids, then why are you not talking about shifting the way that you fund public education? Yeah. Right? You shouldn't be able to pick out my destiny by my zip code. Yeah, because all, all, all the kids, and even some of the black community, have been sold charter schools. Yes. So you got Puff Daddy over the charter school, and he has all these black so-called Democrats that are, you know, just supporting charter schools and letting Betty DeVos do anything and everything. It is the, this is the part where when you talk about the field, because remember, we don't vote for two years. Yeah. <laughs> like we legitimately do not vote until November 6, 2020. And they they are already out here having like <laughs> having like a, a democrat having like a political porn show about who's the who's the sexiest trick on 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 the block right now. <laughs> the, the, the 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 fact of the matter is America has a 21 and a half trillion dollar daily activity in economic engine. We have had nothing to say, okay, we're going to take an economic holiday for their $21 trillion. We're going to take that money for their one day and pay off America's debt, which brings us down to zero. Secondly, we're going to absolve the $1.8 trillion in student debt for everybody who makes under a half million dollars or less. That kickstart the economy. See, that's called policy. But what they keep saying is, oh, we need a black woman. Cory Booker hangs out in Newark. Oh, look, Elizabeth Warren drinks a beer with her husband and she might be a Native American or she might not. Kristen Gillibrand talks to white working class. See, here's the euphemism. Talks to working class Americans. Mm. Who the fuck is a working class American? Mm. If you got a job and you broke, ain't you a working class American? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like, who they talking? They're not talking about Otis. They're not talking about me. They're not talking about you. Who they talking about? And not, not one candidate had mentioned d disability issues. Nope. Not one yet. Yeah. Nope. Now, I have a friend who is very active. I've seen people post pictures with Cory Booker saying he's progressive. Um, you know, all these progressive, but bruh, you know, when somebody you say we're progressive, revolutionary, how you say, oh, just 
just because they say revolution. That's an oxymoron. I'm like, I'm, I guess I'm on one with that progressive revolutionary stuff. Yeah, I really don't like it, especially you got people like Nina Turner. Now Obama put us to sleep, and he confused the hell out of us, right? Mm-hmm. We think we're integrating, we're really not. We think we got all these right and all these rights, and we really don't. We think we are good, and we citizens who are really subjects. So Obama rocked us to sleep with niceties, right? Nina Turner is kind of doing the same thing. She's just repackaging it in quote-unquote new revolutionary terminology. So if you listen to a woman's, her women march speech, right? She started pulling from people like um, Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. um, Malcolm X, and she started talking quote-unquote talking black issues. Then it diverged into talking about we are one fighting the same war, fighting the same capitalist system. And then if you go to another speech where she was at, well, Martha King, I think she was speaking on, it did it again. When you start talking revolutionary, you started talking about quote unquote blackness and black agenda, and then suddenly it diverged into intersectionality, yeah. where we all fighting the same struggle. And that's why I said we gotta be real careful of what words we use, because ever since, Ever since the Black Panther came out, you have to understand they have monetized pro-blackness. Why oh, yeah. figured out how to ad- how to adopt pro-blackness and market it back to your ass as if it's some new stuff. That's why this past Black History Month, you got people like Joe Biden, you got people like Bernie Sanders and Camilla Harris using quote unquote Black History Month using Dr. King Day to police the to push their political agenda. Disney yeah, yeah, did it last year. And I was telling you, black people ain't about to benefit from this. They're all they're doing is trying to figure out how to monetize from quote unquote pan-Africanism and pro-blackness. And when that happens, the same thing that happened to hip hop, where they wanted the shit down and it's yeah. not as effective no more, and it's more detrimental than it is a benefit. The same thing they did to hip hop, they are now doing to pro-black um, teachings. And that's why I say we need to separate what progressive is, separate what revolution is, and even separate what insurrection is. So the reason why I say progressive and revolution is an oxymoron, because I think it's two completely different things. So when I think progressive, I think, okay, we on the plantation, we getting our ass beat seven days out the week. So now I'm gonna go talk to Master. I'm gonna see Master instead of beating my ass seven days out the week, maybe could beat me three. <laughs> I ain't getting my ass beat as much. I'm not off the plantation. I don't have right, it. just been. I'm, I'm just. I'm just not being as brutalized as much. It may not be much, but it's still progress nonetheless. Is it not? Is it not? You're not getting your ass beat seven days out the week. You're still getting your ass beat just not as much. You still, that's still progress. Now, what a revolution is, a revolution, you you kill masters, you burn down the plantation, and y'all get off, and y'all build your own system, just like the Haitian Revolution did. You replace the old with the new. That's a revolution. Progress is you staying on the plantation, trying to further your position on the plantation. So you go from a field nigga to a house nigga. Revolution, you destroy the plantation and build your own system. So that's why I said, those are oxymorons when you put them together and they should not be mixed because just like um obama confused us just like al sharpton confused us just like all these liberals confuse us all that's doing is confusing the hell out of us especially if you don't read and you don't actually study your teachers and you getting all your talking points from the Democrats versus the Republicans, or you getting all your talking points from liberals versus conservatives, or you getting all your talking points from Fox News versus CNN, you about to get bamboozled. Cause neither one of them about to tell your ass the truth. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And that's uh-huh. right. yeah, it, it is, because um, I know we got nine minutes. Let me just say this real quick. But Leroy, I'm looking at the questions and, you know, and, building on what you guys have talked about. And, you know, when you say revolution, like the song be like, talk about a revolution, but they don't really want it. No. The one, the one, the one thing that I always, I always joke about and I laugh at with people is that there's two groups in this country that, mm. that white America needs to absolutely bow down and kiss our feet. One, that is the descendant of stolen people, us. 
to the people whose land they basically slaughtered their way across to building upon. Those two groups, we have yet to say, you know what? I mean, what is it? I mean, nobody really talks about what it's like waking up every day to look at the face of your of your of your Holocaust, your perpetrator. What is it like to walk down the street and see the descendants of the people who slaughtered everybody you know? What is it like to have to participate in a system that is still raping you and killing you every day? But yet, still, the only, the only, there's two ways to do it. Burn this motherfucker to the ground, right? And start over. Or burn this motherfucker to the ground, start over. Or you, you, you start to realize that there's a couple, there's a couple, there's, there's past least resistance, past the most resistance, and then fucking blow it up and start all over. Mm-hmm. But because we have chosen not to do the fucking blow it up, it really comes down to these candidates. And 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 if we're if we're going to be true about a societal stitch, right? Like what holds the fabric of the country together, right? Is that you have to really understand that it's not, there is the capitalism is poison, right? Mm-hmm. So, but if you, you know, but if you say socialism or communism or any kind of other ism other than capitalism, right? Because really capital, and, but he, like Leroy, here's the crazy part. Capitalism in America really is socialism dressed up, dressed up, dressed up in drag. Because let, let a company, let a company get sick, right? Like when the, when the auto industry was dying, in, in pure capitalist terms, you die. When your business fails in pure capitalism terms, you are out of business. Mm-hmm. Unless you're big enough to be to cloak yourself in 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 the camouflage of capitalism in order to get government social social handouts. That's why you had the automotive bailout. That's why you had the bank bailout. Exactly. They have the they they said, hey. Black cripple Negroes, here's your cripple Negro bailout. They sure the hell ain't did that. Mm-hmm. They sure hell ain't right. the, the report came out, and this is going to the candidates when they can talk about this. The median savings of a white family is $100,000 or the value of the net worth. The black family, at least in the state of Massachusetts and across the country, has a, on average, a net saving of $8. So when you talk about Kamala Harrison, Elizabeth Warren, Toast Gathered, any of the, any, Juan Castro, any of these candidates who are coming out and, and banking on their diversity to get you to participate in the poison, the system that doesn't allow you to be free, right? Mm. Then you have to ask yourself, what are you going to do to change those numbers? Yeah. How, do I go, how, do, how do I go from being perpetually looking for you not to be an oppressor to you actually doing your job because this is a job interview. They run it for they run, you know what I mean? This is a job interview. Yeah, the, the, the thing the thing about all of them is that I, it's kind of strange, but it's not strange, but it's politics. None of them don't want to talk about black issues. Right. They talk right. about diversity, you know, intersexuality. But they don't want to talk about black issues. And I, I see them, you know, when reporters say, you know, what about black community, they feel like, oh, we're, we're all, we're, we're all feeling, you know, the president under Donald Trump. That, that wasn't a question, you know? It, it, yeah, it's so interesting. I, mean, I think, you know, since Obama, even before Obama, Black politicians don't want to talk about black issues. No, and because and you know why? Because if you talk about black issues as a black candidate and you're running in a two-party system, you instantly become not viable. Not viable means nigga, you too black to go get white money in order to run your campaign. Exactly. Like, like the like the reason everybody's jumping in in nineteen as opposed to twenty because this is not about. Can 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 the, the the candidates of color 
connect with the communities of color, being authentic, and talk about their experiences in the broader American context, right? Because like if you if you heal through the black community and the indigenous community, you healed America. Yeah. That's just that's just a fact. That's that's not that's not bullshit. If you heal the indigenous, heal the stolen people, you're good to go. But if you're constantly talking about we're all patriots, we're all melting pots, then essentially you're saying, nigga, your experience don't count. Uh, you know, the, the wounded need is just a good book to read. And all the missing indigenous women that are being stole from the north don't really matter. And all the black girls disappearing down in Atlanta don't matter. But vote for me because we need the black vote. That's what you I'm not trying to cut you off. It's funny you say that. They can't heal black America. They can't even heal African people. Because if they heal us, that's their destruction. See, we got this notion that they're making money through legitimate means. They're making money through honest business agreements, through honest deals, through stock market. We got this notion that they're not hustling drugs. We, we got this notion that they're not into selling human trafficking. You think your government not into human trafficking? Their economy is built <laughs> off of slavery? See, we got this notion that they're, they're not into the Congo with the child slavery to mine cobalt for our technology. So we got this notion that they're not participating in the child sweatshops that China running because what's the definition of capitalism? Definition of capitalism is maximizing your profit for little to no cost. Yeah. Yeah. There ain't no cheaper labor than free labor. That's why they write laws to lock us up. That's, so that's, that's why they put puppet leaders in our community as well throughout the African continent so the people can't control their own resources. Because if I have to actually pay for the cobalt, for the minerals, if I have to actually pay for black athleticism and for black entertainment, my economy doesn't exist. Because that's not how capitalism works. Capitalism is me making most of the money for little to no cost. So they can't kill us because that's their destruction. And that brings me to the point, um, Adam Clayton Powell, you know, the second um, black Congress leader. Yep. He's the one who created the um, War on Poverty Bill, right? Yes. He, he created the War on Poverty Bill in order to assist poor black people. And what did Congress do? Congress co-opted the war on poverty bill, used that so they can make money at the same time push the eugenics movement in the black community. Ooh, yeah. So I got all the resources. I got all the resources now. I got all the wealth. And the way I think we gonna solve poverty is by killing y'all niggas. You feel me? Now now we venerating the economy, not tossing money out there so y'all got some resources to build with. Nope. The way I'ma fix it is by killing y'all niggas. Yeah. So we gotta understand, like our success is their destruction, and their destruction is our success. It just is what it is. That's what I'm saying. We gotta either choose to stay on this plantation and stay going in circles, or like you know what, it's time to burn this bitch down. Because liberation ain't about to come from no political party. Cause they both play, they both are in on it. The, I think the 48 laws of power said control both sides of the fence, control the options. That's why I always talk about controlled opposition, because that's as important as it is to have opposition. You need controlled opposition. You feel me? You need something that looks like it's for the people when it's really not. But before the people figure out what's really going on, by that time it's too late. Just like the black, just like the um Black Lives Matter party, or just like the NAACP, or just like the Black Caucus. And mind you, the Black Caucus, I just found out that they the ones who pushed Nixon to sign the war on drugs. So are we, are we gonna shit on them too, or are we just gonna talk about the white men while a whole lot of our people helping with this? You feel uh, me? Why yeah. for a paycheck? Cause they're capitalists. They'll sell us under the bus for a paycheck in a minute. Malcolm X always talk about that. So let's let's leave this with with one question. You know, we can answer in like two sentences. And what 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 do you think needs to happen for the black disabled community in you know the next four years or eight years? 
You don't need to go. Yeah, and Keith, you can go first. All right. Uh, next 48 years, we need to coalesce and understand where our center of power actually is. Mm. That, and that, and really, that, the term I put up all the time, you have to think critically because whatever is put in front of you, just because it's just because it sounds good, don't mean it is good. Oris, you want to go? I want. I want to add to that. I, I did write like the four different points. I think the disabled community should build okay. on. But I'm just gonna build off of what he said. That is so true, and I think that's one of the most detrimental things about Trump, or at least the way we perceive Trump. Well, we'll say, well, I don't care who wins. I just don't want him to win. Like, if you can't have a more dumb critical analysis than that, I don't know what. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care who's in office. I just want a black president again. Or I just want a president to be a woman. Like, you have no critical thinking skills whatsoever. You basing your entire decision making strictly off of fear. And because you want somebody to look like you, no matter how much they screw you. So I think when everyone else, when everyone else go off the cuckoo-ness, whether you're saying shit to say shit, I think the disabled community, especially in our dilemma and being as vulnerable as we are, we cannot afford not to be critical thinkers. And we cannot afford to make decisions that look like it will benefit us temporarily when it's going to screw us in the long run. So I think when the world go go up the creek by the paddle. We have to remain critical thinkers. And Huey P. Newton said that. Huey P. Newton said that I taught the Black Panthers to be critical thinkers. And even if the decision is not popular, as long as it's a logical one and it makes sense, I told them that's what you go with. Because the popular, the pop, the popular, um, the majority always go in the wrong direction. I mean, look at where we at. Evidence speaks for itself. We have consistently gone in the wrong direction because we follow popular opinion. Feel me? So just because it's popular don't mean it's right. So stay stay having critical thinking abilities even when no one else does. And don't just say, well, I don't care who wins. I just don't want him because that's stupid. No critical thinking whatsoever. <laughs> okay. You know, for, for me, you know, as, as a black disabled man, at first, I would like to see black disabled people start their own organizations. I mean, it, it's just incredible that we're in 2019 and there's, you know, very little black disabled organizations around this country. I mean, you can't, you can't influence politics if you don't have our organization. Yeah. You know, I think, I think what Martin Luther King said, that I can't follow you if, you, if you're not going my way. That's right. You know, so that's number one. Number two, I, I totally agree. We gotta do more critical thinking than this. You know, um, Kama Harris, come on, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta look at her past. We can't look at oh, she's black and she's a woman, so she's good. You know, come on, this is not this. Come on, we we. We are, you know, we we shouldn't use our brains, you know, and you know, critical thinking means doing work. You gotta do your homework. You gotta look at the history. Don't look at what they promised. It's, you know, campaigns is like Christmas Eve for kids. They will tell you any everything to get that gift. And the politician is doing the same thing. It's like, are, are we going to listen to their promises? Come on. We, we should learn from Obama that promises is nothing. Yeah. So that, and really, for all, you know, black disabled people, just stay in contact, you know, do, do what we're doing now, you know, voice your opinion, get out there. You know, me and Keith was at the, DNC, what, in 2004? Yeah. You know, we, we, we got shit on, but we were out there and we, you know, kind of did our best. But yeah, I think, I think more, and more, you know, really, um, um, more, um, black disability history, culture, whatever, because, you know, 
our black community just don't even recognize us. You know, don't even recognize us at all. You know, they, they think it's a service. You know, disability, okay, you get a service, you get a check, you get some services and that's it. You know, they don't think internationally, like black disabled people in Africa and Haiti. You know, so yeah, we, we, we got a lot of work to do. You know, outside of the political arena and inside. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say this last thing. Yeah. Dr. Paul Anderson said the American dream, black people have to remember, the American dream is this. White people came here for free stolen land and free labor. Feel me? So, we, of course, we can't live the American dream because we are the American dream. Feel me? It's our free labor. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why. That's why you feel like you you can't have what they have because it's not meant for you. Yeah, yeah. You never told a lie. Okay. So okay. So any any last last two cents before I, I shut this down? Yeah, I'm gonna give you my last two cents. All right. So Otis Leroy, I don't know if Leroy told you, I've been debating about running for office. Tried Ooh. it in 2008. Yeah, mm-hmm. Which is why I know about the about the rotten bowels of the electoral system. <laughs> but I think this like there's very few times where America is fertile for a revolution of thought, a revolution of consciousness, a revolution of humanity. And we might really have to do this in 2020, if for nothing else, to force the discussion and force the action. Because I if 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 you wait on your savior your savior, but if you're waiting on somebody to come save you, as opposed to saving yourself, you really, you might just die away. So, mm. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm much rather be in the fight than be on the sideline talking about, ooh, you got hit. Because <laughs> if I'm swinging, then I, I can fight back. I get, I'm sitting on the porch and they shooting, all I can do is duck and pray that I don't get hit. I'm not trying to do that no more, I got kids. So this is a real fight. And they tell me the, the, the five most hottest years on the planet have been the five years of my five of my two youngest kids. Mm. So if, 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 if those kind of things can't make people break off of their, their blind fidelity to just a party label, I don't know what to do. But holla mm-hmm. at your boy. All right. Well, you know, I want to say thank you. And, and I want to say, you know, just, just realize that we're all black disabled men. So, you know, the black disabled women voice is missing, but, you know, hopefully we'll get that next time. But I want to thank you. Thank you, Keith and Otis, really keeping it, you know, together and keeping it true and honest. You know. This is my first time, y'all, so be patient with me. Oh, no, I enjoyed it. it though. I enjoyed it. Really good. All right, I'm going to stop record, but we can keep on talking if you want.